Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now here's your host, Tom Singer. Hey there, you have found another episode of Making Waves at Sea Level. Thank you so much for coming along on the journey of this show that is now over 650 episodes. Uh, never thought we would be doing this show as a permanent thing. It was supposed to be a six-month experiment almost seven years ago, and it has opened up so many doors. In addition to this podcast, I now host a show with Eliz Green called The Conference Talk Show, where we interview people. It's a video show on Facebook Live. Once a week, we interview people from the meetings industry. That one's a lot of fun. And then I host three, count them, three podcasts for companies and associations where I am that that hired professional host of a podcast. I didn't even know you could be a professional podcaster, so I'm really glad I started this show because it led me into those opportunities. Uh, if you're interested in those, I host the Digital Enterprise Society podcast for an organization called Called the Digital Enterprise Society. It's for people who work in and around PLM, Product Lifecycle Management Software. I host the Sales Tech Podcast for a company called Sales Success Media. Uh, and that's a lot of fun because I'm learning a lot about the technology that salespeople are using in 2021. And then I also am the host of the National Speakers Association's podcast called Speakernomics, which is there to help people who use the spoken word as part of their business, whether that is being a speaker, a trainer, a facilitator, a podcaster. It helps people learn how to make more money and be more successful as a speaker. So uh, that's, uh, that's a lot of interviews every single week. But the fun part is I get to talk to really smart people and get advice. And today we are going to learn about LinkedIn for leaders. Now, if you think about it, I do a lot of coaching for lawyers on business development skills, and a lot of them are high-powered leaders in their field, and a lot of them are like, oh, I hate LinkedIn. I don't do LinkedIn. I have a profile. I haven't logged in in six months. We're going to find out why, if you're a leader, why you and your company are going to succeed more. But first, I have to thank the actual sponsor of this episode. Well, one of two. And the first sponsor of this episode is, this episode is brought to you by Stanton Chase International. One of the leading global executive search firms serving as trusted advisors to help companies build their senior leadership teams. Full disclosure, I actually work for Stanton Chase. All right, so today we have Sandra Long with us, and she is the author of LinkedIn for Personal Branding, The Ultimate Guide. And she released that book in 2016, but in January of this year, she re-released the book, because I would imagine over the last five years, some things have changed in the world of LinkedIn. So we're going to talk all about that. Hey, Sandra, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Tom. I'm so excited to be here today. So for those of you who don't know Sandra Long, and you should know Sandra Long, she is a LinkedIn aficionado, and she helps companies and leaders expand their opportunities by using LinkedIn. So Sandra, let's talk about how did you become a LinkedIn aficionado? Well, I started actually as a regular LinkedIn user. I used it uh, as I was an, actually in a sales employee many years ago when it first started. And I spent a lot of time using LinkedIn for research, learning about companies, learning about people, and got good at it. Had people asking me about it. So then I started my business in 2013 helping others. And it's been a wonderful journey. 
So when LinkedIn first came out, there there wasn't as much flash and pizzazz and, and woo as like Twitter's launch or Facebook going, you know, beyond college students. So why do you think it took LinkedIn so long from their start to the last couple of years? It's become like a major, major social media platform. What, what took it so long to build that trajectory? Well, it's interesting because the trajectory is really different from the other platforms and you know actually linkedin started before facebook so most people joined facebook anywhere between 2005 and 2010 linkedin had been around but it was just sort of a sleepy start really because it was definitely more on a, a jobs type of application now when you think about linkedin my gosh the content opportunities it has become an amazing content platform and more and more sellers are able to leverage LinkedIn to, you know, create relationships. And, well, and companies, and savvy companies also are seeing the opportunities that are enterprise-wide. So let's jump into that, though. There's some people who don't like that change, that sellers have gotten really, really deep into LinkedIn. A lot of people kind of roll their eyes and say, oh, my God, I can't tell you how many direct messages I get from people I don't know. It's like a friend request and an immediate chance of saying, hey, Hey, everybody, buy my stuff. So so let's talk about that change of sellers jumping in. Some of them do it well, and some of them spam the bejeebas out of people. I Yes, it's, it's so aggravating, and I'm with you 100%. I mean, the worst thing is when you connect with someone and there's an immediate pitch, and we all experience it. Uh, so one of the things I do is help my clients in, you know, building relationships, having, you know, ha- starting with a, a great profile building relationships and focusing on the other person, not, not pitching someone about your services or your products. I mean, it's just the, the worst and we see it a lot. Now we, we talked about the changes in that trajectory. I too was an early adopter of LinkedIn and, and always used it and always found it to be a powerful tool. However, and I've changed on this over the years, but I used to, you know, so often people, I don't know, is it 15 years ago? God, it must be 15 years ago. People were, you know, just linking, 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 linking. And I had a different idea. It was, I wouldn't accept a LinkedIn connection unless I had had a cup of coffee, a meal, or a beer with somebody. Now, again, that's not necessarily my way now, but for a long time, for a decade, I had what I called the coffee, meal, or beer rule because what I found was if you linked to too many people, then that stream, and people didn't use it like they do now, but that stream of posts there would be a lot of information from people you didn't even know who they were. And then it became like, why do I care what this person is talking about? If I have never heard of them, just because they breathe air didn't mean it, it was the, the the right way to go. And it was interesting because in the early days, I met with sort of social media experts who were like, no, link to everyone in your industry, link to everyone in your city. And we would speak at the same conferences and respectfully, well, at least on my side, we would talk about the different philosophies of how and when you link to people. And I can remember one person in general who he wasn't really respectful and he dissed in his speech, he dissed my idea because he said, no, you need to link to everybody who is a carbon-based life form because you never know who will send you opportunities. And I had already spoken, so I didn't get to say it, but my thought was, I've never had a stranger ever send me an opportunity, you know, ever. Strangers who don't know you just don't do that. Now, a couple of years ago, he was then teaching everybody how to unfollow, how to unfollow people who you had never met and didn't have any reason to be connected. Uh, and a little caveat, and then I'll let you answer from my long little diatribe here. The, the other little connection was, I've changed that. I now do send link, 
LinkedIn requests when there is a possibility of a relationship that could and probably should be built. Whereas back then I, I wanted the relationship first. So what's your two cents on that? And if I'm, if I was wrong, I'm totally cool with you saying that. Wow. There's a lot you just talked about. And so first of all, I'm of the belief that each person should have their own strategy about how they want to connect. So many people are like what you were years ago. They want to only connect with people that they know, like, and trust. I think that's totally fine. I was like that myself. I was always teaching that. One of the things that changed for me, though, over the years is now I want to be known. I want people to know my book. I want people to know that I'm a speaker. So if you want to be known and you're doing content, then you need to be more open. I think you need to be more open in terms of who you accept Of course, now we can get followers, not just connections. We can also manage our feed, which we we couldn't in the old days. Now now you can connect with people but unfollow them so that you're still connected, but you're not seeing all that the posts that you're not interested in. So there's a lot more flexibility, but it gets back to each person having their strategy. Do you want to be seen and visible outside of your network, or do you want to just keep your network tight and use it mainly for referrals? I mean, it's all, it's all, it's all great. And to your point, now I have to say this to your point about never getting an opportunity from a stranger. um, Well, I think it does happen all the time. I've had that happen to me before. Uh, Sometimes I was questioning, should I connect? Should I accept a connection? And then as soon as I did, an opportunity was presented to me. I've had it happen multiple times. So it made me realize I need to be, I need to really think about this in terms of who I'm, who I'm accepting. And, and I'm totally op- open to strangers sending me opportunities. I've just never had it happen. I have, I have very little experience with someone who doesn't know my work or doesn't know me bringing me an opportunity. So, uh, you know, and it's just a different way of, of, of looking at it. And like I said, I've changed over the years. So I'm now very open to accepting things if the person is in uh, an industry that I speak to, if a person is a meeting planner. I mean, I'm not stupid. If a meeting planner sends me a request, I say yes. Uh, but, but I have found that where LinkedIn has been super valuable is for the people who I know, or at least they know of me through something else, and we've had cross paths, that if I use it correctly and I put things out there, I become top of mind and then I get the opportunities. Well, that's, well, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not, I don't think we're saying anything different. I mean, when, when people are reaching out to you for opportunities, yes, they either got your name, maybe they heard you on a podcast, maybe they saw your content. There's something about you that attracted them. So they came to your profile, they connected, they, hopefully they sent you a note, but if they didn't, I'm just saying, you know, we need to really think about that person if they potentially could be a, a prospect. And that's awesome. all. I don't, well, think we're, I, I don't think we're that different. Well, and I, I'm here to learn. So let, let's walk us through this. So why in the world and how should leaders be playing in the LinkedIn pool? Okay, that's a fantastic question. And there's so much to that. So the first part is themselves as a per, as a leader as a, you know how do they come across because their profile will, will be looked at by prospects clients candidates that they might want to hire at their company they'll be looked at by partners industry leaders you know community connections so they want to and the other thing their the leader's profile represents themselves their personal brand as well as their company brand that's what's different about LinkedIn 
when you compare it to like Instagram or Clubhouse, where it's really you as a person. On LinkedIn, you are also representing your company. So there's a huge opportunity there from a personal perspective. Then you can take it the next level and say, is that leader a thought leader? Are they, you know, are they an expert in some, in some way? Most leaders have expertise, and so they can develop out that whole aspect of their personal brand. And then you can say, all right, what about their role in an organization? So how, do they, how can they inspire and employees? How can they, you know, encourage, you know, the knowledge that people can gain from LinkedIn and the connections that they can gain? And how can they encourage sales teams and HR teams and other leaders to be more connected, um, you know, to overcome the fear? Like some people have fear of using LinkedIn. And if you're a savvy leader and you're in the digital space, you should be really, you know, not only looking great yourself, but helping rise up, you know, all uh, rising up all boats, right. And helping and encouraging your whole organization. And that also that influence and that encouragement is internal and external, right? So there's just so many opportunities well, there's so many things that you just said there, and one resonated really up top, and that is some people are scared of, of using it, of putting things out there, of posting, of letting their pe- anybody know that they have contacts. I see that a lot with the work that I do with lawyers. They're like, I need to lock it down. No one can ever see my contacts or they'll steal them. And you, know, you can have your contacts private or you can have them public, but I, I try to tell the lawyers just because I am a competitive lawyer and I see that you're friends with Becky It doesn't mean I can go steal the business from Becky. And by the way, if Becky has a personal brand and is known, I'm going to know who Becky is anyway, and I'm going to be chasing her business. So what are your thoughts about some of these fears that people have about why they don't want, what what are the ones you see, and what are your thoughts around why they shouldn't be scared of jumping in the pool? Okay, well, there's the funny thing is there are so many fears that people have. I mean, you brought up one. People say that. They say it to me, too. I'm afraid someone's going to steal my car. I I have actually heard that. I don't know how many times, but I've never heard anybody say that it actually happened to them. Now, maybe it's past, but you know, the other thing is what kind of networker do you want to be? If you're out there, say you're an attorney, you want to be building relationships with other people in your community, right? Maybe it's real estate people, or maybe it's, you know, what community leaders. And if you really are a helpful networker, uh, a helpful part of society. You want to be able to say to someone, like I could say to you, Tom, you know, if I can ever help you with your search business or your podcasting, please look at my connections. I'd be happy. Like that's a generous spirit versus to say, I'm afraid someone's going to steal my connections, which if, if you're, if you're that insecure, you're, you've got other issues with, you know, how you help, you know, how you deal with your clients. So I think that's just one fear that I definitely agree that you should keep your connections open. People are, people are afraid of posting. People are afraid of, you know, putting their real self out there. There's just a lot of different fears. And, you know, I, one of the things I love is I help people build confidence within companies uh, with, you know, you know, with whole leadership teams, right. Or, or sales teams or, or with individuals. So it's, it's really rewarding. So let's go back to that one you brought up about people are scared of posting. Cause I hear this one also. So, I mean, I'm not asking people to post their social security number or to post pictures of their kids or, you know, uh, tell their deepest, darkest fears. 
It's, oh, you wrote that really great article that your firm posted. You should post a link to it with a little description of the article in your LinkedIn feed. And they're like, oh, no, I, 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 it might, people might not understand why I'm putting my article there. And it's like, uh, so they can see it. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of fear around it. And I think it's, it's a confidence they're, you know, they're afraid they're going to do it incorrectly or if they do it correctly, they're afraid that nobody will respond to it. And, you know, here's the, here's the, th- the, the newsflash. You can post, and after a few hours, if it's not doing what you want, you can take it out. You can remove it. You can change it. You can edit it. You know, you can, you know, you can look at other people's examples to see what's working. There's, there's just a lot of things you can do. And, it's, and you mentioned the word top of mind. I mean, that's how we get opportunities is being top of mind. If people meet you, let's say right now it's, um, you know, it's May already. I can't believe it's May already. Let's say you met someone in December. Well, if you just met them and then that was it, this LinkedIn gives you that opportunity to be, to stay fresh in their mind in a soft, comfortable way. So no, I, I, I fully agree. And, and I also think that, uh, you, you sort of touched on this, People are afraid of looking silly or dumb or too salesy or too braggadocious. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think I think people should think about how they come across. I think because you get the other side of it where people are just bragging or that they're just focusing on themselves for every post or everything they do. I think that's the other side of it. I think it's better to be, you know, be conscious of how you come across. I like the idea that people are encouraging others they're showing gratitude. They're sharing good news. Like if, if my friend writes a book or starts a podcast, guess what? I'm going to post about that. I, to me, that is building a network, sharing good news about other people. That's, that's uh, building relationships. It's really great. So let's talk about leadership in general. So what is your basic belief in leadership and, and how do leaders take that role into LinkedIn? My basic belief about leadership. Well, I mean, I think leaders, for any anything that's important, leaders have got to be engaged. There's, it's no longer the time, you know, I've, I've seen too many initiatives where, you know, the, a whole team has been asked to do something and the leader isn't really involved or engaged, and it just doesn't work. The leaders have to be actively engaged in whatever is important as an example to everyone. So LinkedIn's a great opportunity for that to help a company build more valuable connections and networks, whether for sales or for hiring. Uh, the leader is, has a great opportunity to 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 lead and to inspire and encourage all the employees, as well as externally, right? So why would a leader in a company then want all their people on LinkedIn? Another big fear is I don't want my employees on LinkedIn or they'll get poached. Yeah, you know, I used to hear that a lot in the beginning days back in 13 and 14 or 15, but today's most companies are much more savvy and they know their employees are there on LinkedIn. And so if you don't help them and guide them and train them, well, what are they saying? What are they, you know, they don't, you know, the other thing that's interesting, you know, the company brand isn't just the logo and if you think that it's just the logo, you spend all your money and you say, I got this amazing website and logo. But if you don't think about your people as part of 
building out your brand and being brand ambassadors, then you're really missing a huge point, um, you know, a huge opportunity because all those employees are going to typically, they're going to give you 10x the type of uh, reach that you would with your own company on LinkedIn. Like that's, that's a statistic that we get directly from LinkedIn. So why wouldn't you take advantage of those amazing connections and the brand? I love you. helping. I love your concept of all of your employees becoming brand ambassadors and the in the way they use LinkedIn. So let's go a little bit deeper on that. Let's let's talk to somebody who who yeah, they have a LinkedIn profile. Yeah, they're in the C-suite, but they've never thought about a company initiative around LinkedIn. What what can they do? Yeah, well, think about it this way. Um, if you're a leader in a company, the employees that you have at your company, typically they're this is just the first part. They're LinkedIn profiles are like their resume. So you might have hired, maybe you hired them in 2018. Guess what? They haven't touched their LinkedIn profile. And their their profile is absolutely talking to recruiters out there because they were trying to get hired. But now this person is a salesperson for your company, right? Or maybe they're a, maybe they're a recruiter for your company. So what we do is help them, help those employees orient their profile to their goals, which is to attract clients, prospects, or on the HR side, attracting candidates. So you talk about different things. You, you know, you, you show enthusiasm for different things on your profile based on all of that. So why would you want your employee profiles to look like resumes ready to be recruited? I mean, this is it's the opposite of what you just said. And that's just the beginning. Then you move into teaching the employees how to connect with prospects or to connect with candidates and what to say and, how to follow up and how to stay top of mind with those prospects. So there's just a lot to it. All right. I want to get to that reaching out to customers in just a second, but I want to go back to one other thing because people overlook this so often. If I look at someone's profile, nine out of 10 times, they're about summary or whatever LinkedIn calls it. Now I know they've changed around some of their verbiage is like two sentences that basically says who they are and what they do. And then the descriptions under their jobs, both with the company they're currently with and even more so from past companies, they don't even fill it in. It just says, you know, uh, sale, territory sales rep, you know, Chicago, Illinois, and then it's blank underneath it. How important is it for the verbiage that you use in the areas where you can write these sentences and paragraphs for the individual and the company to be able to put that brand out there? Well, it's huge, and you brought up a good point because that's what I call like a bare-bones skeleton-type profile, which you do see. So you're missing an opportunity, a golden opportunity to talk about how you help clients. So if you're, you know, your employee just has nothing there, and again, it's like a resume, then you're not sharing on there how you actually work with clients, how you help clients, what your company is all about, what you, what their personal brand. I mean, so all of that sort of intertwines. And if they haven't done it, it's just missed. And, you know, the great news is on top of the verbal part, and there's a lot on the verbal side, like I believe you should write in the first person, make it friendly, using keywords. But then there's all the visual part, you know, having a great headshot, the banner, using the new featured section, like all the visuals. I mean, so you're really a full package of, you know, building opportunity. If you set yourself up, if you set up your employees, right, it's amazing. And that was going to be my next question was about the pictures. So there's the, there's the headshot, which many people, you know, just like have like a little selfie where it's like up their nose, or if it is a professional shot, it's cropped way really far back. So you can't see anything about them. So let's talk about the headshot. Then I want to talk about the banner. 
All right. Well, the headshot is, you know, 100% key. That's how people decide, am I going to connect with you? Do I, do I know you? Do I remember you? Uh, are you professional? They, 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 you know, it's an immediate, immediate judgment. I hate to say it, but it's true. And that whole introduction card on the top of your profile includes your headshot, your banner, your headline, links to your company and your company page, your college. Like that top section is the first impression that people get. And so the headshot and then, of course, behind it is the banner which we've only had it for about five, four or five years, and that's a wonderful visual opportunity to display what you're all about. So if anybody wants to go check out mine, I actually had a banner professionally designed because as you change from your phone, and most people don't know this, as you change from your phone to a tablet to a computer, your headshot moves in the thing and they resize the banner. So if you have words in there or you have something or another picture in there, your head could move to cover it. And just because it looked right on the computer, on a phone, you've just blacked it out. So I had it designed so that no matter how it reframed, my picture of my headshot did not block out uh, the visuals that I designed for that banner. And so often you go to people's page and the banner is just that blue or gray little swish that they put in there. Uh, how important do you think it is for a company? Uh, I've seen several companies where they design banners and let people use them. So it's got their logo, it's got their their tagline, and it's got things in it. And then different people in the company can pick ones that fit their personality. But when people mm-hmm. go to the page, it's there. Do you think that's a good idea for a company to offer their people banners? Yeah, that's one of the things we work on with companies all the time. And we help create those banners. And it's nice. I mean, employees like that because they like to, I mean, they like to have that option. And it's a, it's, it's a wonderful thing. They feel a part of the team. It, it's more visually attractive. And I think it's, I think it's great. I also love it when companies offer headshots, they bring in a photographer. We've done in my company, we've done professional branding days where we, we do LinkedIn training all day. They bring in the photographers. They add, you know, they do the whole deal um, to help the, the whole, the whole company. And it's a lot of fun and employees absolutely love it because look, we all want to, we all want to look good. I mean, we all, if we go to an event, you know, we want to put our new suit on, we want to look good. Right. But it's the same thing online. People want to look good. And if you can help them look good, they love it. It's great team building. It's great camaraderie. It's great branding. Oh, Sandra, this is all such good stuff. I've got a few more questions for you about sales and LinkedIn before I let you go. But first I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode, like all of them, is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing people who are making waves in business like Sandra Long. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that many of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer they have for the listeners of this show because they're going to give you a discount. Tell them I sent you. All right, Sandra. So sales and LinkedIn can be a big thing. So let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Well, 
so that that whole everything starts with the, your brand, right? So having the the profile that's focused on your client's success, not on how amazing you are. I mean, yes, you are amazing, but focus your profile on helping your clients and your client's success. That is something that because you want them to visit your pro, you, you know, they're going to come to your profile when they're in, whenever they're interested in you. Maybe they were referred to you. Maybe they heard about you or your company. Well, you want to entice them. And I always say the word motivate. Like I want my LinkedIn profile to motivate someone to want to work with me, not just to give them the facts. I want to motivate them. So a salesperson, that's what we want to have the salespeople do is have a motivational you know, brand and presence. The next part is building a strategic network, a strategic selling network. And it's shocking to me. One of the things I've learned in this business is how many sales teams I've worked with where the salespeople have not, I repeat, have not connected with all their prospects and clients. In fact, every sales team is the same. It's an exercise we do. You go back and you take all your, get your prospect lists where you've done proposals, look in your CRM, you look and, and then, and your, and your client lists. And by doing that, it's amazing how many, how many salespeople have not taken the time to actually do that because that's going to help you uncover opportunities. You're going to find someone, maybe someone you sold to three years ago has now moved to another company. Well, that's a conversation. You could, a, a very friendly conversation. I see you've moved to this company and that is someone who's worked with you. So how great is it? So there's lots of things you can do. And those two pieces, the brand and the connecting the network, those are foundational to any, any success. Then after the, those are the, that you can get a lot of opportunity just from those foundational pieces. And then there's of course a lot more. We can teach them about content, top of mind, appropriate messaging, um, you know, all of that thing. So there's, there's so much, it's so much fun and so much opportunity for sales, for sales teams. So we talked when we started about people who are being a little too salesy, if you will, a little too, uh, too, too pushy. So what are some mistakes people make on LinkedIn? Well, it's that connect and pitch that mistake, uh, that the mistake of, you know, assuming I see people, they put up a profile and they'll, and they'll say, well, this isn't working for me. Well, that's not, that isn't going to work. You have to, put a little effort into it. You have to be doing the proactive connecting um, and being what I like. I teach people to be a friendly expert, helpful expert, not bragging or promoting myself all over the place, but showing gratitude, uh, sharing good news, being helpful, being an expert. In fact, my mantra, which is you'll see it on my profile. I hope you come to my, where we, I know we're connected, but anyone who's listening, the mantra I have on my, headline is be the friend first and by operating with that kind of mindset you can't believe how many opportunities come your way just by being that friend first showing gratitude and being that helpful expert well i think that goes back to what we started with to begin with when when you have that connection with people those are the people who bring you opportunities when you connect and pitch those are the people who go Bleh. <laughs> That was that was not a sound effect. That was me going. It was a technical term, right? Yeah, no, I was just thinking I should record that and just have it on one of the buttons on my roadcaster when people. <laughs> uh, it's so true. So what's the last piece of advice that leaders need to know about LinkedIn? I would say 
get engaged and lead and, and, and be, be the leader within your company, you know, be the one who is encouraging others, inspiring, be motivational, not only on your profile for anyone who you want to attract, but be motivational within your company. And so that your company can have, you know, can experience more success across with prospects and clients and candidates and partners. The opportunity is there. So Sandra, if somebody wants to buy your book, they need a consultant or they want you to come and speak about LinkedIn for personal branding. How do they find Sandra Long? Well, of course, LinkedIn is the best. So you look up Sandra Long. Good. And really good answer. That's really congruent. I'm really glad. Yeah, it's really that, the that was really awesome. Funny. Um, but w- when you're looking for me on, on LinkedIn, you might, it might be easier if you put in, I'm in the New York area because there's a lot of people with my same name. Um, I'm found on Amazon, LinkedIn for personal branding, uh, or you could put Sandra Long LinkedIn in Amazon and you'll find me there. And my company is Post Road Consulting and my email is Sandra at postroadconsulting.com and I have to say, Tom, this this time went so fast. I had a blast. Yeah, I know. Beforehand, you said how long? I said about 25 minutes. We're pushing 35, but I never worry about it because if it's great information for the people who listen to the show, we've got to get the information. Sounds like we could talk about LinkedIn for hours. I think for sure we could. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. And thank you to everybody who listened. I say it every single time. If it wasn't for the audience, why would we do the podcast? So if you like the show, do me a big favor. Yes. Like every other podcaster, I want you to go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast love and leave those five-star reviews that says, best podcast I've ever heard. You know, wish Tom was my best friend. Awesome. But more importantly, go tell your best friend. Because when I talk to people who listen to the show and I say, how did you find my little podcast? They always say word of mouth. Their boss, their neighbor, their friend, their mother. Somebody told them, hey, you'll like this show. So please, right now, this exact minute, go tell somebody, either in person by the phone or on social media. Tell them, listen to Making Waves at sea level. I'll wait. No, really. We'll, we'll just wait till you do it. No, I'm not kidding. Go do it right now. Thank you. All right, awesome. We're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody else who is making waves in business like Sandra Long. But go out there, flex your business muscles. Go post something on LinkedIn. And while you're out there doing this stuff, have some fun. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.